is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. We are now in episode number 262. My name is Sir Ian Dangerous. And this is JB coming and, back at you. Yeah, and welcome back to the show, Miss JB. Thank you so much. You're Always very happy to be here. Yeah, nice to have you back. Uh, as you guys may have guessed, Nick is on vacation for the show today, so the lovely Miss JB has stepped back in with us here today. Uh, for those of you who might not have met JB before, JB, do you want to run down your intro one more time for them all? Sure. Well, if you don't know me by now, my name is JB. I'm a wrestling enthusiast. In fact, I have trained as a professional wrestler. I love the graps, and I'm here to discuss it with you here today, Sir yes. Ian Dangerous. Thank you very much, JB. Welcome on in. If you guys are just new to the show, then I should tell you about all the housekeeping that, that Nick usually does. Uh, the Facebook discussion group, of course, that's the hub of our operations. That's where you go to if you want to throw some memes up there, if you want to talk to everybody else in the Busted Wide Open family, all the other phenomenal ones are hanging out over there we're also uh on twitter at bwo podcast and uh we're on twitch tv usually live usually it's me and nick doing this live on twitch tv forward slash busted wide open every tuesdays at five pacific eight eastern or saturdays at 12 p.m uh, pacific three eastern and uh, if you miss us on twitch we do throw everything up on youtube at youtube.com forward slash busted wide open uh and you have to check out our discord server that's where everything's starting to to really percolate and pick up we're over on discord as well uh check out our discord server you can find the links there in our facebook discussion group we'll send you all over to the discord group you don't have to worry about spoilers over there there's tons of chats about everything you could possibly hope for in our discord server and finally i cannot get out of here without saying a wonderful thank you to all of our incredible phenomenal patrons you guys are the butter on our toast you're the jam on our toast you're the peanut butter what? and jelly you're everything thank you so much everyone who is a patron of the show who helps us out and if you're not a patron please 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 head over to patreon.com forward slash bwo and sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers you can get stuff like show notes skype calls with me and nick you can get uh, access to bonus episodes which we have a ton of now as well as the ability to participate in our patrons pickums challenge which uh, comes up i don't want to talk about the last one <laughs> yeah jb that was not your finest showing i'm not gonna <laughs> lie no offense no offense of course yeah 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 how are you how are you doing with all the smoke down here you know we, we come out of la here on this show and uh if everyone who's listening we apologize if we're a little froggy because it is it looks like mars out there how are you handling all the smoke world. and everything i'm just trying to breathe <laughs> it's so bad out there my car is covered in ash 
coming in my windows. Of course, we're very fortunate to not be directly in the line of fire, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just trying to drink as much water as I can and you know, keep my eyeballs from burning. It, it's rough out here. It's, it's not fun. I agree. 2020 um, is something else. I tell you. 2020 has it out for us. No, we are very lucky. We're surrounded by about 20 miles of concrete on every, well, on three sides and then ocean on the other side. So we're somewhat protected from the fires, but it's still, you know, the, the skies are brown all up and down the West Coast, which is a great time. But that means it's even more reason to stay inside and talk and watch wrestling and then talk about it. So that's what we're here to do. We're going to break down AEW this week. We're going to talk about NXT, which had a big old episode with a massive title change. Mm-hmm. And, of course, SmackDown. They're two weeks away from uh, Clash of Champions over there. So we have to talk about SmackDown as well. So a lot to talk about today, Miss J. Should we get started? I think we should. Let's head over and talk about AEW. AEW. It's over 1 million this week. They broke a million people watching what? the show this week. There was a million, over a million people watching finally, and it's what happens when you have it unopposed with NXT. NXT's numbers are up. AEW's numbers are up. People mm-hmm. are watching the show. They're entertained by it. Probably because it fell on Miro Day. What? It's Miro Day. That's right. Who showed up? Who was the best man at Kip Sabian's wedding or who will be rather kip sabian of course was going to announce that uh who his best man was going to be at his upcoming nuptials nuptials and uh he teased us with it he first brought out a a, a big old guy who i don't think anyone knew who he was he called him like fluffy or something do you remember what he called him i don't i don't i have no idea i don't know who he was but apparently he was not the guy who's gonna be the best man and then he said there's the best man and out came brian pillman jr for some reason, who he then said, no, 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 man. I, nope. I, I texted you that you're the best, comma, man. Not that you're my best man. We're and not he, even friends. Yeah, we're not even friends. He kind of sent Brian Pillman Jr. off, which I thought was kind of sad. It's Brian Pillman Jr. That's just mean. Okay, yeah, but it's also Kip Sabian, so it's not like he's nice to a lot of people. Well, that's a good point. Maybe it's just heel stuff, and they're building up. At least, hey, you're right. At, you know what? You're right. He's not even under contract, Brian Pillman Jr. At least he's getting on TV. True. And they're they're trying to get us True. to know who he is. I, Introducing right. him to the audience. All right, you're right. That is actually pretty cool. But anyway, it was not Brian Pillman Jr. who was the best man at, at Kip Sabian, or will be the best man at Kip Sabian's wedding to Penelope Ford. No! Out of the hallway comes this big lumbering figure with blonde hair. At first, <laughs> at first, I swear, I thought it was Dominic Mysterio had just put on a ton of weight and like no. been working out. No, it was not him. It was Miro, formerly known as Rusev, in the WWE, comes out of the hallway and says, That's right. It's me. I'm Miro. I am now all elite. I am the best man. I am the best. I'm not only a best man. I'm the best man. So Miro is now all elite. Rusev has gone to all elite wrestling. After his protest, all he wanted to do was be a Twitch streamer. (laughs) Which... Well, they mentioned Twitch. A lot. You know him from Twitch. But <laughs> yes, that's where we know him from. Right. Which is, which is hilarious because, you know, now Kip Sabian is doing this whole Twitch push as well to try and get people to go watch his Twitch stream. Uh, and Miro is actually doing a ton of Twitch streaming. So it, that does make sense. But this, I guess, leads me to my question, Brooke, is that uh, what do you think... Do you think that this was a serious enough debut for Miro? He came out, he says, you know, I'm done grabbing for stupid brass rings and glass ceilings. 
um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what his line was with the brass rings. He said, uh, "Yeah, so it was definitely some sort of uh, insult to the whole brass ring concept." Right. I was surprised, honestly. I I wasn't expecting this. No, me neither. I certainly wasn't mad at it. I, I was yeah. surprised at how not mad at the um, blonde hair I was. He made really? It, yeah. He's had it for a while on Twitch, but a lot of people have not seen him with the blonde hair. I have to admit, I do not watch his Twitch channel. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, but but I guess my my question, not only with the blonde hair, you know, coming out in all like all Gucci, uh, his outfit cost something like <laughs> it's Gucci three thousand dollars, and he looked like he just rolled out of bed. I don't know what the hell is up with high fashion. I've I've missed that boat. Uh, maybe you can explain to me, like, if that's something. If he looked, did he look fashionable? Did the kids like what he was wearing? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. He, he looked fine. He okay. looked fine. He looked good. I was happy to see him there. It wasn't a roll-out-the-red-carpet type of debut, but I'm interested to see what they'll do with him. So and- that's, But that's exactly where I want to go with this, is for a debut, it seemed kind of underwhelming. Like, it, it's, it's like, it's, here's Miro. It's cool. They did it right at the middle of the show where they want to pump the numbers. But at the same time, you know, he's coming out as Kip Sabian's best man for his wedding, which Kip is not exactly terribly high on the card. Exactly. Uh, Do you think that's sending a message as to where he's going to be used for a while? That's what I'm wondering. But, I mean, there, there isn't a whole lot of room at the top in AEW, and he was such a, a right. great character in WWE when he was serious. But he just came, to me, when he came out, he felt very kind of light. It was a very light Entrance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. It was a mid-carter debut, and I think it's their way of saying, hey, he's going to be a mid-carter for a while. Yeah, which I guess makes sense. He's probably going to spend a lot of time doing his Twitch stream mm-hmm. uh, and, and not being at the top of the card for a while. Maybe I, that's what he wants. Maybe that's what he wants. It just, it, yeah, it just, like I here, was... I want a steady paycheck, supplement my Twitch career. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. show up every once in a while and uh you know wear my Gucci and smash some things and then I'm going home to live stream baby. Yeah. I and that's I guess I guess what was surprising to me was that I figured he would be a big deal, a bigger deal when he finally came to AEW and it just it does seem like he's like cool, I'm here. It and, you know he d- took a couple shots at WWE which I, I from what I hear Jericho gave him the line about the brass rings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I don't know. It, it definitely feels like a bit of a lesser debut than what I would have expected, but I'm still curious to see what he does. Quick question. Yeah. So I could have swore the crowd was chanting Rusev Day. I, I heard it, Miro Day. I heard Miro did Day. Did you? Yeah. See, it kind of sounded to me like they uh, tweaked it to say, to sound like it was USA. <laughs> USA. I heard USA, Miro Day. But I, I didn't was like, hear Rusev Day. I swear Day. they're saying Rusev Day and they're tweaking the sound. I could be totally wrong, but my ears were trying to catch that. I didn't know right. if anybody else heard it as well. Well, that's the problem with having 10% capacity as opposed to a full crowd, but you know, we'll take, right. we'll take what we can get. At least there was a reaction yeah, for him. Yeah, louder, crowd. Right. <laughs> I think they're doing their best, man. <laughs> um, so one last thing. One thing I've seen a lot of is people criticizing AEW for being, quote-unquote, all washed up WWE stars or people that basically like it, they're populating it with people that have, uh, f- you know, fallen out of favor with WWE, have been fired from WWE. 
What do you do? You think that that's your like? Is that your perception of AEW that it's no. all ex WWE stars, or do you do you feel like something? It's something. Else? I don't think that's fair. That's not fair. WWE has been, you know, the biggest playground on the block forever, and now someone else is coming. And of course, kids are going to come over from the other playground to this playground. That doesn't mean that they're washed up or you know rejects. Uh, from the island of lost toys. Yeah. No, of course there's going to be some bleed over and balancing out. And no, I think that's an unfair comparison. Well, especially it's like yeah, WCW, no, yeah. like when those people went to WWE, you know, were they rejects? No, they became some of the biggest stars. And oh, I, you nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, cause, no, exactly. Back in the nineties, most of the WWE big stars were washed out. WCW guys. And vice versa. Like, there's a lot of crossover when you have two big brands. And in this case, WWE spent the last five years buying up every wrestler in the world to keep them from going to other places, and they couldn't sustain it. They fired a whole bunch of them, and now these people are back out on the market. Exactly. There's more room to play now. And, yeah, it's like trading trading players between sports teams. Like, it's just give it time to settle. Everyone will find where they need to go. Everyone will find their team and we all win for it. So there's no need to critique these wrestlers or to critique this brand for, you know, taking wrestlers from the WWE. Like, Yeah, I, I understand why people, some people are, are saying that because that was definitely Impact's problem was that they would try to take people from WWE, but they just tried to go off of the notoriety and name they had in WWE, but didn't try to make them into something newer and better. And I feel like people are, that are coming to AEW are trying different things. And that's one yeah. thing that's happening here with Miro. They're getting to play and create all new characters. It's mm-hmm. so much fun to see. Yeah, agreed. And, and speaking of which, uh, Dustin Rhodes, formerly Goldust, got his shot at the TNT Championship held by Brody Lee, uh, formerly Harper of WWE. So two former WWE guys who have reinvented themselves in AEW completely mm-hmm. and totally different, totally different presentations for both of them. But Dustin Rhodes got a shot at the TNT championship. And as you might expect, it did not go his way. Brody did not look as dominant as he did against Cody a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this was much more of like two big guys beating the hell out of each other for about 15 minutes. But, uh, but ultimately he did fall to a little bit of interference from Alex Silver and, uh, and, picked up the loss as Brody stands tall, gets the dark order to hold him up while he kicks him in the nuts, drops him, and Brody Lee stands tall at the end of the show, show holding the TNT championship again. Uh, also, interestingly, pushing off Colt Cabana, who screwed him up uh, at the last pay-per-view and almost uh, made him lose. But uh, that was an interesting little dynamic. But was this... Was this all kind of like a, a much ado about nothing scenario where we kind of figured that he was going to beat, like Dustin wasn't taking this championship off of him after having that monumental win over Cody and all right. of the, the momentum. Ugh, I said momentum. I'm sorry. <laughs> all of the momentum that came along with that. He's not taking this title off of, of, of Brody Lee at this point. Um, no. Did, did, should this match have been more about making Brody look bigger and meaner or do you feel like it did? You know, I got to say that the last time I was guest hosting on BWO. I was pretty down on Brody Lee. You were, yeah. But he's grown on me. Really? Yeah. Why? why? What do you think it is? Well, I think he's developed his character more. I think he's just owning it more. It's He's being it instead of acting it. and He's relaxing into it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. And his relaxation allows me to relax, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, gotcha. So 
I I'm just enjoying where his char- his character development is going. Um, was this match one that's going to go down in the history books? Absolutely not. But it was there and it did a fine job. Yeah, you know? I agree. It was fun for what it was. I just felt like it being kind of a foregone conclusion took away from my enjoyment of it somewhat. Yeah. And if anything, like it should have been more, uh, I think, of, of Brody establishing his dominance. And maybe some people took that from it where, I mean, because Brody did look dominant. He stood tall at the end and it was a couple of hosses beating each other up. So, you know, maybe maybe I'm just, it was just my perception, but uh, it no, did No, I don't think you're wrong. Less. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, well, it, it was. I knew I invited you on the show for a reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it happened. It was there. It's fine. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, also what happened and it was fine. Orange Cassidy had a little match after his big, big, big win over Jericho, uh, getting him in the two out of three, uh, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy. he's free he's, he's pretty fresh right now, man. He beat Jericho two out of three times, which no one has done since Jericho left WWE except for him. And that's, I'm still going to harp on that. That's freaking huge. Which is hilarious. It's insane. And then he's facing Angelico who, man, I knew Angelico was tall. I didn't know the dude was like a, a tree. He was what five inches taller than Orange Cassidy here. What is he six four? He's crazy, crazy tall. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I was too busy. I was too distracted by Orange Cassidy without his sunglasses. I'm I, <laughs> I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. <laughs> yeah, he should make like me and just never take them off. Uh, <laughs> so he, so yeah, we, we. This is an Orange Cassidy match where he actually worked. It was none of his slothy stuff. This was an Orange Cassidy goes out there and works match, and he does have an actual history in lucha, which is really fortunate because so does Angelico, and Angelico's a really good luchador. So these guys went out and had a straight up lucha match. They were throwing each other all over, flying all over the place, and it was very entertaining. But ultimately, Orange Cassidy hits this, the the Orange Punch, the Superman Punch that he uses as one of his finishers, and. Gets the win, completely clean win over Angelico. He which killed was, a highlighter. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> is Angelico a green highlighter? Is that what Did he is? Did anybody else notice that? <laughs> was it just me? Yeah, well, you saw him with the with the uh, jacket off. You should see him with his full garb on. Where he I, looks like a. I had the urge to study. About to jump out of a plane. Yeah, no, Angelico is great. I wish that he and uh, Jack Evans would get some more love on the show, but I know it's been tough times with everything that's been going on but um but the real meat was at the end of this so orange cassidy pseudo squashes and helico which is a very short match at the end you know out comes proud and powerful santana and ortiz to beat down orange cassidy they get chased off by best friends who say oh you know you guys want to fight in the parking lot well we'll fight in the parking lot we'll meet you in the parking lot next week we'll have a parking lot brawl so we're finally getting serious cash me outside how about that <laughs> That's what he said. I think that's a direct quote. I, d- I don't know if I've ever thought of Ch- uh, Chucky e. T and Bad Baby in the same <laughs> sentence Bobby? before. Is it well, I don't care. I don't, I, don't I don't care. Okay. What it is. Um, the point is. <laughs> the point they're is. They're going to brawl in the parking they're lot. They're going to brawl in the parking lot. Is it nice to see the best friends finally feel a bit more serious? Like, did you? Are you feeling that they're being more serious? Because they have been such a comedy pair. <sighs> It's hard for me to take anybody seriously who's talking about brawling in the parking lot. I personally, personally cannot take a parking lot match seriously because I really? I am always let down by them. You're just you're just remembering Goldberg uh, putting his hand through a windshield I, and taking uh, himself out for months. Is that what you're thinking yeah, of? Or? All of them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hear you. I I think that when done right, they can be a lot of fun. It's basically just you know a, a crazy wild hardcore match. And glass shattering in cars 
I mean, that can be Someone fun. has always tried to put in a trunk. <laughs> you know. What parking lot brawls are you watching? I want to watch those. <laughs> I need to see more trunk spots. Just go hang out in the Trader Joe's parking lot. <laughs> what Trader Joe's are you going to? Listen, oh my I've god. You you're going to like the hardcore Trader Is this like the Silver Lake Trader Joe's we're talking about here where they're like they're they'll cut you. You, don't you cut know. in line, they'll cut you. You're not ready. You're not ready. I'm you think ready. that's bad? You wait till you go to Walmart parking lot, okay? Okay, now now that I believe. Get on my level. That uh, that I believe. And but of course <laughs> we know there's nothing worse than the PC parking lot down there, full sale parking lot down there in Florida. That is the scariest that's parking like lot. That's legit in dangerous. No, that's that's <laughs> That's what I'm saying. People get people get taken. They get they get kidnapped. In and they out get of cave down. Yeah, they, they get poop thrown at them. I'm just saying that that parking <sighs> lot's scary. Anyway, we digress. Um, so I, I, again, I'm I'm my point here is I think best friends. I'm finally starting to get into this whole Trent's mom thing, right? Like oh, they messed, I love it. They messed with Trent's mom. I love it so much. And at first, I was just kind of like, oh god, it's so like ironic and it's ha amazing. ha ha. It's Trent's mom. But now, like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to actually feel it. Like, I, be- yeah. I believe Trent, where he's like, you, you pissed off my mom, dude. You don't mess with my mom. You don't yeah. mess with the dude's mom. Respect the mama. Respect the mama. Come on now. I mean, if uh, come on, you know, proud and powerful love their mamas too. They love their mama. They know better than to mess with the mama. Mm-hmm. Don't you be messing with the mama. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this. I thought this was a, this was a nice turn into seriousness for a team that I often equate to, to Breezango in the sense that they're goofing around <laughs> so much that when they, when they want to get serious, I don't believe them. Mm. Right? So this, is a, this was a nice segment that made me believe that they were getting serious. So you think they're headed in a, in a new direction and they're on the right path? Yes. I thought this was going in the right direction. So, right. um, and, and I mean, Orange Cassidy was curious about that is he's not being lazy. Do you prefer him being lazy Orange Cassidy or was him going I lucha do. Orange Cassidy? Yeah, right? I do. I miss the, the slothy Orange Cassidy that doesn't care. I have to admit. So, I mean, that, I like is when this his hands are in his pocket. Yeah. Do you think this is a permanent change or is this like a one-off just? What I'm hoping is that this is like his hulking up. Like when he's really, really upset or agitated or inspired or passionate or whatever, he goes into this trying mode. But like as soon as the feud is over, whatever, he reverts right back into his normal, yeah, tranquilo state. I, I wish <laughs> tranquilo, man. If he, oh, if he, <laughs> if he joined Los Ingobernables, can you imagine? He'd be the most tranquilo guy in Los Ingobernables. So they'd have to come up with an, another level of tranquilo. Right. He's like Mucho super tranquilo. Super tranquilo. That'd be awesome. Well, one guy who's not tranquilo is Matt Hardy. Uh, he had a nasty fall, of course, at All Out. Mm-hmm. Bonked his head on the ground. And they did everything that they could to try and convince us that he wasn't concussed. Even though his wife, Rebby, who was in the crowd with their kid mm-hmm. for this segment, uh, was... Given some looks, oh, too. Oh, boy she's one giant look she's one giant like mm-hmm, look <laughs> that's literally her gimmick i'm um, not mad at it <laughs> yeah she's she's pretty fierce but uh, he came out to say that he needs to get he needs to get cleared and get healthy uh and then he'll be back for more uh but he needs to let this whole sammy thing go right now because they're just going to kill each other and which, he apologized to his family yep. for putting them through that. Yep. It felt heartfelt to me. It felt genuine. He was looking at his wife like, I hear you, baby. I can't afford to be getting hurt like this anymore because I got yep. that little kid right there. Mm-hmm. She was looking at him like, yeah, you better do it. You better <laughs> sit down. 
Help right. me with this baby. You stop falling off shit, Mr. Hardy. You understand? Mm-hmm. 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 You want to see me play the piano again? You better, you better stop this nonsense. Yes. Yeah, she was giving him the looks. But yeah, this was a, this was a nice heartfelt speech from Matt Hardy saying he's not going anywhere. He's going to be back. Uh, he wants to make jokes about him being unkillable, but it's just not appropriate because uh, he understands like he, you know, he scared us all. So, yep. yeah, yeah, I mean, th- this was this was nice to hear. I-, I think it's something that he had to do. I still don't believe he wasn't concussed. Right. Uh, there's just there's too many squirrely things here. But if they want to play it that way, if he wants to protect the company, then fine. All I need is Rebby Hardy on the outside throwing that shade. Exactly. That super subtle shade. You know what's up. I'm cool. You know what's up. Quick thing. Have you ever noticed that Jeff and Matt Hardy clap in exactly the same way? I never have. What do they you... They do. Really? They do. Just a, just a little random thing out there for you. They totally do. Oh, crap. I'm not going to look at that now. I'm never going to unsee it. You're welcome. Thanks. 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 But he wants to go after the AEW title. He says he wants to go after a title in AEW. The, the commentary was speculating if he meant the heavyweight title or the TNT title. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think makes more sense? I was going to ask you first. Um, <laughs> I, it's tough because right now Moxley's the AEW champion. Mm-hmm. And I don't see someone... like I could see Matt Hardy going for it and just bouncing off of him like a rubber bullet. I don't, see, I don't see him taking the title off of Moxley. And if someone else takes it off of Moxley, they're going to hold it for a while. Matt's not taking it off of them. I could see him going after Brody Lee and having a nice feud with him and Brody Lee. But again, I can't see him taking that championship right now. Well, you're assuming that the same people are going to hold the, still have the titles when he is you know, rested and well, able to come back at it. Yeah, because I can't see anyone losing them right away. Brody just got his title. I don't think he should lose his for a while. Moxley's got... I mean, I, I thought he might lose it to MJF, but I don't see... I, he's not... Well, before, okay, so before I say he's not going to lose it to Lance Archer, I'm actually going to skip ahead a little bit in the notes here because there was, a se- there was a couple of segments in the show where you had Lance Archer standing in a rainy doorway with Jake Roberts talking about how he was going to take Moxley's title because everybody dies. And then you had Moxley saying, I'm unstoppable, and if you don't believe me, prove me wrong. So you had a couple of, you had a couple of promos here. Um, but Lance is getting his shot on a TV show, on, a, on, a, on Dynamite. He's not getting it at a pay-per-view. And there's not really... They didn't take a story that I thought would have been perfect, which is Moxley winning the U.S. title in Japan off of Lance Archer, which he, which he just did, and he's still the U.S. champion. He still has that belt. He won off of Archer in Japan. That, to me, is a perfect story to use for Archer Moxley right now, but they're not using it. So the fact that they're not using it and the fact they're having that on a TV show says to me they don't want to strap Archer. But if not Archer, then who is going to take this title off of Moxley? Not Matt Hardy. What if it's Miro? No. They, what if? No. They, what I, if? I can't see it because of the way he debuted. We were just saying how he feels like a mid-card guy now. Yeah, well, we could be surprised. I would be just shocked. Like I was just surprised at how disturbed I was when Jake the Snake was talking about getting wet. And I never, ever want to hear him talking about getting wet again because it was, for some reason, creepy and gross. Well, you, uh, yeah. I, well, he's been, he's been throwing in those little innuendos lately, I hasn't he? I know. With the, with, the, with the squirrel looking for a nut and you ain't never going to nut. What? Jake. Jake. Gross. Yeah. Stop it. Wash your mouth out with soap. Oh, man, that's, that's his stock and trade is making people uncomfortable. He loves it. He's a creepy old man. He is a creepy old man. It's his gimmick. 
Sorry, that's this is what's gonna. I mean, remember, he was he was humping brandy at the one point. Oh, okay. I I thought I had erased that from my brain. Why would you do that to me? Why? Why he's, would you mention that again? He's all down there on top of her. It's all gross and. AEW is gonna have to sponsor my therapy bills. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, you go up to Jake. Go up to Jake for it. Uh, I don't think they're. I don't think they're sitting there. So Jake. When you go out there, Tony Khan's backstage is like, uh, Jake, when you go out there, would you would you actually get down on Brandy and just like kind of hump her a little uh, bit? What? Jake's like, oh, I guess I guess I could. You, you really want me to? The, All right, he's well, lucky I'm, I'm not Brandy. I would have <laughs> need him in the balls. Anywho, Anywho take Conte, Lance and the, Moxley. Lance and Moxley. Matt Hart is going for a title, and Tay Conti. Well, also had she debut. Well, she didn't debut. She's been on the show before, but uh, she had a big match against Nyla Rose. Um, was it a big match? It, well, maybe well, for her. For her, she's just showing up on the show, and you know, there's a new talent who came over from NXT. I have but to she say, got, I like her. I liked her here more than I did when she was in the May Young Classic. Yes, a while back, and it's all because she has stopped sticking her tongue out. That helps in ten second intervals. Yes. Five-second intervals sometimes. It goes a long way. There's a lot about her presentation in AEW. I like a hell of a lot more than her NXT presentation. She's doing a lot more of her martial arts stuff. Um, She's presenting herself as being a little bit more serious. Um, She doesn't have this like weird vacant stare in her eyes anymore. I don't know why she had it in WWE and not here. I don't know what they were telling her or if it was just she upped her game or what it was, but she felt legitimate here. But just she was going against an absolute brick wall yes. in Nyla Rose, who beat her down, pinned her, and then started to beat her up even more, wrecked her leg. Um, so this, but, but you were just you were saying you preferred her here to the May Young Classic. Do, I think they have big plans for Tay Conti. They're they're teasing her possibly joining the Dark Order. She might be feuding with them. They might have big plans. Do you think that she's someone that AEW could or should get behind, just based off a little that we've seen of her in AEW? Ooh, I, I don't know because I'm not ready to get behind her yet. I need to see more. I need to mm. see her climb the ladder a bit. I need to see her earn it just because I haven't been particularly impressed with her in the past. Mm-hmm. I know that she has the skills, but she has to get her presentation in check. So let me see more of her character before I can speak on that. Yeah, fair enough. I, d- I just liked what I saw of her in this very brief match. I was like, this is a, this is a good start. Yeah, I mean, they obviously believe in her to some extent like they allowed her to work well and you know get in a little bit of offense um yeah yeah we'll see we will see and i i think that a lot of people that that spend that much time in the performance center get a certain level of slickness that they're not always even allowed to show sometimes in wwe because it's so rigid so i'm curious what anyone who comes out of the pc that hasn't really been utilized properly has to show so I'm, I'm very curious, and, and I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, um, I'm interested. I'd love to see her, like, later down the line uh, work against Britt Baker. Ooh, Brit, against Britt Baker? Why, mm-hmm. why Britt in particular? I just, I just have a feeling that they'd have good chemistry mm. on I the mat. You, I don't think you're wrong. In the ring. Um, and I am curious. Squared circle. That, <laughs> 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 I think that, uh, that Nyla Rose, is, she's the number one contender again. They're kind of teasing her going back for Sheeta. But are they just going to like bounce the belt back and forth between her and Sheeta because they don't have anyone else they've built up to be legitimate? I mean, this is why I thought Thunder Rosa mm-hmm. should have won it all out uh, is because there's just more to do with Thunder Rosa. And they do have, they're going to have more Thunder on the show from what I understand. She's facing um, 
Ivelisse next week. Mm-hmm. But is Nyla, is Nyla versus Sheeta, is that, is that exciting still to you? Or is that, does that seem a little bit redundant? Well, it is a little redundant, uh, but they're both good workers. And I know that they'll put on a good match. And I, I, I don't feel like it's impossible for Sheeta to win. I feel like Sheeta could win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to turn up my nose at it. I'd watch it. Again, you're right. I think they would put on a good match, but at the risk of this becoming old hat. You know, one thing that that we don't see a lot of in AEW is rematches and and the same match over and over. But how used to that are we from the WWE? But that's my point is that would we I mean, are we if they if they do it in AEW, are we going to have like PTSD like, oh, God, it's a rematch. I hope not because I don't think they're going to take advantage of it as much as they do in WWE. So mm. it may happen now and again, and it you know it, it doesn't uh, trigger me as much yet because I, I they still have the opportunity to to prove how it can be done well, and I, I have faith in them. But I can't see them sending Nyla at Sheeta now that Nyla has Vicky Guerrero with her. I can't see her going there and not winning. But can you see her interesting or winning in a new and interesting way? I can, but then isn't that what we need? Yeah, I and guess. And then Sheeta can fight upwards. But then, but then they're just bouncing it back and forth. But as long as they keep changing the narrative just a little bit to keep us involved and to keep it not that's stale, a, that's a lot of work. And then, but then you again, I think that that just that actually would underline the point that there's not enough legitimate women in the division and, well, and yeah, they, they were barely able to make us believe that Sheeta could beat Nyla in the first place. Mm-hmm. So she, if she then goes back and Nyla beats her again, well, you've now made Nyla even more dangerous and scary looking. Now, who do you send at her? Well, it's obvious that they're still building. So I think we have to make some allowances for that. Well, you're very generous. You're very generous with that. Um, but they're also making allowances for Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, who were able to get themselves a match with Jericho and Jake Hager. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager teaming up in a tag team to face Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. This coming out of some, some uh, physicality that they all had back at All Out. Uh, Joey got his licks in, but unfortunately they ultimately fell victim to Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, they did lose, and Jericho and Hager, after the match, announced that they're going to become a tag team and go into the tag division. What? Do you feel like this Kiss and Janela feud is over, or are Hager and Jericho actually going to be a legitimate tag team that's going to have a shot at the tag titles at some point? Sure. They'll be a legitimate tag team for as long as Jericho is interested in it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) AEW is Jericho's playground. That's very true. The man is just swinging from the monkey bars and then hopping over to the swing set and then going down the slide. Sure. I am always sports entertained. You be a tag team now. Why not? Uh, why, not? <laughs> why not? Exactly. What new merch are we going to get out of this? We have <laughs> champagne. Like, what's next? Am I going to get some Jericho socks? Like, what is going to... Some, some Jake Hager tidy whities to make a pair? What? No, mine had a theme. What are you talking about, tidy whities Jake, Jake Hager's tidy whities it's, it's his ring attire. Oh, my God. I know. He's like a toddler. Okay, speaking of... <laughs> A big, scary toddler, maybe. Exactly. You know my thoughts on this. Okay. Okay. To everyone who is saying that Seth Rollins had dad bod. Okay. Janela has that. That is dad bod. Okay. Just to clarify. I would would kill for Janela's dad bod. Just to clarify, everyone saying Seth Rollins is now at dad bod status. No. It's. 
Janelle. There it is. That's an example of dad bod. Now we have wow. clarification. You are welcome. Poor Joey Janela. I, 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 man, most dads would love to have his bod. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, the guy obviously likes his beer, but still. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I wasn't hating. It's a, it's no? a term. No, it's not. No, I wasn't hating. Uh-huh. I was clarifying. Okay. Same as clarifying between like a pear shape and an apple bottom, you know. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> the listeners do. Okay. Don't you, phenomenal ones? You get me. You hear what I'm saying. I, I hope so. Uh, is this strange timing for Hager and Jericho to be forming a tag team because they're because FTR just won the titles? Same question is like with Nyla is or or with with Matt Hardy. They're they're going for the titles really now. I mean, you'd think he'd at least wait until he got the orange juice and you know mimosa out of his wrestling boots, but you'd think. You'd think. You'd think. I'm very curious what he's... I mean, the tag division is so huge. Obviously, there's tons of people that they could go work against. But, uh, you know, I always understood, like, why get into something unless you're going for the gold? So I'm curious if they're going to continue this Janela and Sonny Kiss feud, if this is a, something to get them over uh, or get someone in the tag division over, get everyone that they face over. I'm curious what the thought is behind this. If it is just Jericho playing around, as you as you say, or if it's another deeper meaning behind it, deeper intention behind it. I'm very curious about that. But uh, the same thing I'm curious about is what's going on with uh, Eddie Kingston and his new stable of the Lucha Brothers and, uh, and Butcher and Blade. We saw the Lucha Brothers face off with Jurassic Express, but it ended up with the Lucha Brothers having a really unusual uh, bit of... Family drama. Family drama. They were not on the same page and ended up taking each other out, and Jurassic Express gets the win here, and Eddie Kingston has to jump in the ring and calm the Lucha Brothers down from beating each other up. What the? I, I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, on one hand, this makes the, loot, the, the Jurassic Express, they're going to get a title shot. Um, well, they're, excuse me, they're going to get a shot at getting a title shot next week. We'll talk about that in just one second in the next segment here. But, um, but so it makes sense to have Jurassic Express go for the new heel champs. They're a total babyface team. Have the heel champs beat them down, look like heels. Okay, cool. Get some heat. Fine. Understand that. But is this a, is this the right time to be undermining the Lucha Brothers? No, I felt I don't like seeing them fight. <laughs> I've met them in real life, and they're both just so sweet and nice. I'm like, don't push your brother like that. <laughs> Why get along? Hug. <laughs> well, they did not. I they know. did not hug. But but Kingston eventually got them back on the same page. Um, Kingston with his 1992 outfit. Well, I, all around, yeah, I love I love Eddie Kingston's presentation. It's such a <laughs> such a throwback. I've, I know guys like that. Like it's it's so funny. But um, but is there enough? Is is this turmoil that's going on in this little faction? Is that enough? Like stuff going on? Is that enough story to keep us going until they actually get runs at the title? Like until until they have a chance to go for uh, FTR or if there's other. Like, I'm I'm so confused by what's going on with Eddie Kingston and Lucha Brothers and, and Butcher and Blade I get they weren't really doing anything. Lucha Brothers should be the top of the damn card. There's story and then there's good story. Yeah. And I think this is story but it's not great story yet and uh, it, it definitely needs some tweaking yeah. to, to make it good and interesting. We're still sure. putting the wheels on the car the car hasn't gotten yeah. out of the garage yet is that it what you think? It will bide time mm. but you know is it going to make fans? No probably not. 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm still waiting to be a fan. I want to be a fan of it, but I'm not yet. But I am I a know, fan of... I love the Lucha Brothers. I just want them to, you know, get everything they deserve. I agree. I love agree. you guys. You're agree. so sweet. Oh. <laughs> well, we know they listen, so hopefully they will, they will send you some more, some more love for that as well. <laughs> FTR, however, not so loving. They, uh, they won the tag belts. And they decided to celebrate by having a little, uh, little, ch- a little celebration for themselves in the middle of the ring and pissing off the entire division. A whole bunch of other tag teams around the ring. They ran them all down uh, and ended up pissing off Jurassic Express, who, as we know uh, from the previous match, uh, are going to get a shot next week. Not at the championships because FTR said, we're not handing out championship matches like that last team that held the belts. No, no. You have no, to no. earn them. You have to no, earn no, no. a shot at these belts, which means you have to beat us to get the title shot. I'm not a fan of the beat the champs to get a title match. Right. Uh, kind of booking, but... You have to beat me in order to prove that, that you, you can beat me. Right. Uh, it, mm. I'm not a fan of that, but do you think they can make it work here? You're talking about some guys at, in FTR who really are absolute, utter students of history and of, of how to book a tag team division, how to be a tag team. Do you think with them... They might be able to pull it off so that we actually, it's actually, it actually works. Maybe. If I see some wily action happening, maybe some heel tricks, some distractions, some unsanctioned weapon usage. Like, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the same beat us to beat us thing again. Like, I, I have faith that they'll be able to make it interesting. You do? Okay. That's... I do. I'm not excited yet, but I am willing mm. for my mind to be changed. So what we're seeing on this show, <laughs> across a lot of this, is wait and see, wait and see, wait yeah. and see. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm a lot of, lot of, exactly. A lot of skeptical optimism. Exactly. Like I, I Like I said, I have faith that they will take this in the right direction, but I'm not necessarily excited by how they're getting there. Yeah. Thrill me, basically, at this yeah. point. Is, prove it, prove it to me. Thrill me, like mm-hmm. okay, you're gonna do that. Mm, I want to be sports entertained. I want to be sports entertained. I was sports entertained by this segment. It was a, it was fun. It was it was chippy. But uh, you know, I, I, I lucha under, lucha lucha underground. What the Jurassic Express? Think? I don't know where that came from. Uh, Jurassic Express versus FTR was going to be a great match. Yeah. They're two great teams. They both work well. Like yeah. we, we will be entertained. I just hope that Jurassic Express does not win. Yeah, because just, that would piss me off. I just want to see them take it to the next level. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Take it to the next level, kids. Uh, MJF take, took it to the next level. He fired his whole staff, and then he got in Wardlow's face. He kicked out everybody from his campaign. Yelled at them. Uh, was was I was going to say he was, he was a dick to them, but he was just MJF to him. <laughs> he was himself. He to was them. himself. But then he got in Wardlow's face and said, that's right, you big pile of meat. You're the reason I lost that match because you can't even throw a ring right. And Wardlow puffed up at him. And MJ said, MJF gets right up in his face and goes, what are you going to do? I pay your bills, not Tony Khan. I sign your checks. I sign your checks. So you, wanna, you want me to kick your family out in the street? And I will. Do something. Do something. What a jerk. <laughs> MJF with your stupid Burberry scarf and your <sighs> overuse of hair gel and your gum chewing. Isn't he wonderful? He's like... Um, he's a heel's heel. It's it's so magnificent. He's like, oh, God, help me. What is the name of the guy from uh, A Christmas Carol, the mean one? Scrooge? Scrooge? Ebenezer Scrooge? 
Sure. He's a little young he's to be rich, a nurse. Because he's rich and he's crockety. Every, so every time I see MJF from now on, I'm going to think bah humbug. There you go. Is that go. what you want? Sure. He's like an Ivy League Scrooge. He's a young Scrooge. Yeah. He's Scrooge back when he was young and just kind of a dick, but not like full-on old cantankerous asshole. Exactly. Except that I don't think that MJF would see his own death in the future and suddenly have a change of heart and like start throwing goose gooses to little boys on the street. You know what? This is what I want out of an AEW Christmas ankle. I want full-on <laughs> ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future to come on to and change MGF? MGF oh. until he turns into a face listen MJF's are, face turn is a Christmas carol I'm ready I'm so oh inspired I want it now what's Give funny it to is me. put it in my eye hole so I love all versions of a Christmas carol but my favorite one might I mean the George C. Scott one's really good but man you know I know our listeners know it's all about Muppet Christmas Carol it's all about Muppet Christmas Carol and I cannot <laughs> I cannot see the MJF Face turn Christmas Carol without him being a Muppet. C- come on, see, Muppet, does that get you excited? Muppet MJF in a Christmas Carol. Write it, AEW. You, you write it. Come on, give it to me now. I I need that. I'd buy that pay per view. <laughs> I would buy that so fast. You're welcome, world. Oh my god! See, All this right. is why I should be a writer. This is why right? you should be a writer. Yeah, write write MJF as Christmas Carol. My question is is. When is Wardlow going to turn on him, and how satisfying is it going to be when it's he does? Gonna, oh, it's going to be totally oh, satisfying. Wardlow's going to become one of the biggest baby faces in the company overnight, and I'm I'm here for it. They're building this so beautifully, and I'm all about it. Esme's uh, going to be so happy. Esme's going to be so happy. That's true. <laughs> Shout out to Esme. Um, so a couple more quick things. We got to move here. Uh, Hangman Page was interviewed. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega were both interviewed. Uh, Hangman by uh, Siobhan. Tony Schiavone, and Kenny was interviewed by JR. Uh, Hangman says he'd like to reconcile with Kenny. Kenny says, no way. Screw that guy. He's, he was a liability. Um, wh- do you feel like Hangman has hit rock bottom, or is this story about Hangman going to the bottom and then built like all the way to the bottom and then building himself back up? Like, I don't are you- think he's all the way at the bottom yet. That's kind of what I'm thinking. He's, he's got further to fall. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Is like, what else? Like, how far is he going to fall? And with Kenny, my question is, is, is he doing a slow heel turn? Because they always say in AEW, we don't believe in faces and heels. And right now, I can't quite tell if Kenny's just being a dick or caught up in his own shit or if he's, if he's actually turning heel. What did you feel like? Did you feel that Kenny was heel this year? No, I didn't. I didn't feel he was a heel. I felt he was kind of justified. Really? And he, you know, he talked about turning, returning to being a singles wrestler, and I think we'd all be excited to see that. So I didn't. I didn't feel like it was a heel turn. Huh? I don't. No, I didn't think it was a turn. I'm just wondering if he's right being more like, of a heel. But if you're not okay, getting it, then maybe I'm just slow turntable. Yeah. Mm. How the how the turntables. Um, <laughs> So okay, that's interesting because I'm. I guess I'm just kind of waiting for Kenny to go all the way heel, and they just don't play that game in AEW. I guess. Right. I mean, they kind of do. The Young Bucks super kicked Marvez. Marvez looking for an interview opens a door, and he gets a super kick party from both the Young Bucks. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. That was funny. <laughs> that was. Okay, wasn't so that an mean. incredible shot, though? That was an incredible shot. They open the door and just you legs coming out. I you're mean. I'm I didn't, sorry. Man. They, they had to pay five thousand dollars each. 
you know, but laughing is free. <laughs> Man, I... Okay, well, I, I did you were you were you a heel? Was that what don't, it was? You were a heel when you don't wrestled, didn't you? Don't critique me. I no, they said I was too baby faced to be a heel. Well, they didn't obviously talk to you for long enough. <laughs> talk to you for long enough, and you're like, mm, I want to super kick an interviewer. Keep it up, I'll give you a snapmare on the floor. You yeah. better move on. Okay, okay. I, I actually believe you, and I'm scared. So, real quick, Ricky Starks uh, mocked Darby Allen again. Just kind of a reminder that that's happening, and that was AEW. That was the show, uh, and it was I think overall a strong show but it was a lot of as we said kind of building towards stuff a lot of stuff that we we've got to see what happens next i don't feel like it was it was a a transitional show yeah transitional show entertaining but not overwhelming not nothing to write home about but overall i thought it was pretty strong well we've got to keep it moving so let's go over and talk about nxt Well, NXT, we had a – this was building up for a couple of weeks. Ever since, Karrion Cross was forced to lay down the NXT title due to injury. Vacant took the title. And last week, we had an hour-long four-way Ironman match, which, when all things were said and done, ended up in a tie, which I don't think you should ever do in an hour-long four-man <laughs> Ironman match. How I'm is gonna, it possible? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to die on that hill. That, that was uh, – you have four of the best workers in wrestling right now, and you make them work for an hour for no conclusion. What are you thinking? But at least out of it, we got Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, which opened up. Opened up. This was the opening match was for the NXT Heavyweight Championship. They're like, are you guys watching? Pay attention. Pay Here attention. we go. We're, we're out the gate with Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. And these two dudes came out the gate with an absolute technical masterpiece clinic it was a clinic so jb you as we just established you you're you've wrestled you know wrestling mm-hmm. was is it just and i don't i've taken some bumps i've taken some hits i've never wrestled a match in my damn life but i've watched a hell of a lot of it and to me this looked like two guys who were absolutely at the top of their game having great chemistry. Absolutely. Just everything looked so good. Oh, yes. They were clicked in like Legos. Seriously, I was going to say that. There was everything you was so tight. Well, not clicked in like Legos per se. <laughs> I was going to talk about how tight everything was. Yes. Like all the holds looked like locked in fully, mm-hmm. like there was no there's no wishy-washy like even the even the headlocks you know, sometimes you see headlocks and guys aren't really locked in and, like, going blue. Oh, that drives me nuts when you can see the gap. Yes. Thank you. There was you. none of this here. There no. was none of this here. You couldn't fish it, fit, it, fit a tissue paper in some of these holes. No. This was like, you know, at the start, when you're wrestling with someone, you have, like, lock up at the beginning or whatever yes. the first move is. And that kind of sets the tone and lets you know, like, what it's going to be like to work with this person. Is this a dance <laughs> partner that you're going to be in step with? Yeah. And they were in step with each other every uh, every single moment. It was it was smooth like butter. It was. It was smooth like butter but also really hard, really stiff uh, and as we as I said, really tightly locked in. Uh so and and that was just and it was mostly I would I mean correct me if I'm wrong, please, but it seemed like mostly basic stuff for the first five, ten minutes of this, just psychologically working body parts, trying to find out where the weakness was in the other guy, and then exploiting it. And then, you know, it wasn't until the second half that things started getting 
really we go outside the ring to speed things up. We come back in and it's a lot of big moves and that's who can hit their big move. Mm -hmm. And then it's people kicking out of big moves, which of course is, you know, very much... The coup de gras? Well, yes. So Finn hits the coup de gras and Adam Cole kicks out. First time anyone's done that. That was nuts. But this is the crazy thing. One, Finn is transitioning from that move being his finisher to the 1916. Two... Mm -hmm. Because his arm had been worked by Adam Cole, there was a long pause before he pinned him. So it wasn't like Adam Cole kicked out immediately after that he, that was hit. There was a pause. I think th I feel like they protected that move quite a bit with that pin. Um, it was not as protected, for example, as Adam Cole's last shot, which Finn just kicked right out of. Mm -hmm. um, I know commentary was making a huge deal about it being the first time someone ever kicked out of it. But of the last shot. No, no, no! Out of uh, the coup de gras. The coup de gras. They did make out, a big, but you know what I mean. But that surprised me because no, and none of the commentary said like, "Well, he should have gotten right on him, but he couldn't get right on him because of the arm." And I thought they would make more of a deal of that, but Finn was protecting his own move there. I felt, but uh, it ultimately ends with like they just couldn't put each other away with their big finishing moves. Uh, Finn gets out of a Panama Sunrise, ends up getting Adam Cole up on the top, uh, looking like another superplex, but it ends up turning into a top rope, nineteen sixteen. Good Lord. Ooh. And that's the end of the match. There's no way Adam Cole's kicking out of that. One, two, three. Finn Balor is your new two-time NXT champion. This match was flawless. Yes. I, I, well, I have one very small bones pick with it. Ooh, yeah. Go for very, it. Very, very small. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but you remember when Adam Cole uh, pulled down his... Um, his knee, his knee brace his, yes. for, for the last shot? Yes. Yeah. So is it just me or does he look too naked without his <laughs> knee covered? Okay, it's like, all right, you're in the Speedo. You're in your little trunks. It's fine for some reason. It's fine <laughs> when your knees are covered. But as soon as you uncover the knee, it's indecent. It's, <laughs> it's indecent. And sir, I'm like, this man is naked. Sir, oh my please God. pull that back up. No one wants to see that. Lord, my no. disposition cannot oh my take goodness. this. My stars and goddess. My... I don't know why, but when he pulled down... Is it, it getting hot in here or is it just Adam Cole's knee? Oh, my. Oh. Anybody I, else? I, no, no. no I, you I, didn't feel that way? He it, was suddenly, very suddenly too naked. <laughs> I'm seeing way too much of Adam Cole right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> too much. It, it took it over the line. Good Lord, all the times we make fun of, of, of Garza's dong on this show and, and JB comes on the show and she's getting flustered by Adam Cole's knee. No, okay, I'm not flustered by it. Who can be flustered by Adam Cole when Finn Balor is there, first of all? I, Secondly, I all it, right. was just, it was just... We're learning more things about JB today. Has a predilection <laughs> for the Irish. The man has like a 12-pack. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's eaten a carb since Carter was the president. I don't know if he's eaten... Well, that's well. He's eating something. That boy is all muscle. Okay, back to it. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, got he to... is the originator. He's the fin dong. He's the I originator of the whole thing. There. I, I, as as stupid, one does. Stupid sexy fin. Isn't stupid, that what you fin. call him? Stupid sexy fin. So, do you think stupid With his sexy stupid fin tattoos. should have won? <sighs> you stop me cold because that's really hard. I I I personally thought Gargano or Champa should have won the title. Because, really? well, because depending on Carrion's, when Carrion Cross is healthy, he's coming back and winning the, winning the damn title back. Unless they've got other plans for him, he's going to go to the main roster. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, he was an NXT champ. 
Um, if they have long-term plans with Finn Balor that don't involve him ultimately dropping it to Karrion Cross again, then Finn Balor is the right choice. But if this champion is going to hold it until Karrion Cross comes back and takes it from them, I don't like that for Finn. I don't think that should be his career path in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it is. I hope it's not. The if Prince it's, has got his kingdom back. If, if it's not, if I'm wrong, and he has they have a whole story for him, I know he wants to defend against Walter when we can get Walter back in the States and vice versa. Um, he said that's still on the table. But if, if there are other plans for Finn, then yes, he's the right one. If he's holding it basically until Karrion Cross comes back, then no, this was the wrong decision. Um, so that's, that's my only issue with Finn being the champ. I think Finn is the right champ in terms of prestige. I have mm-hmm. no problem with someone who's in his late 30s holding their developmental title because NXT isn't really developmental anymore. Yeah, you know, no. they're, they're considering it a third brand. So people yeah. that are complaining about that, I don't know what they're talking about. Because even though they, are, they use more kids from developmental, um, it's still now considered a third brand in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of people down there who are not in developmental. And for Finn to be the champion makes all the sense in the world if they want to treat it like a third brand. So in a lot of ways, and, and I don't think Adam Cole should have gotten the title back because he just lost it. So in a lot of ways, yes, I think Finn is the right choice. But yeah, just it depends on what they is. do with him. I think he's going to hold it for a while. I'm excited. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're excited for it. Um, but, I, but again, you're also not the biggest fan of Adam Cole. That is true, although he did display some very sportsmanlike behavior yes. at the end of this match. He shook, he shook like, Finn's hand mm-hmm. backstage. They interviewed him. He said, yeah, Finn was the better man tonight. I've got to go think about this. He, he's been going face. He was going face um, for, for a minute now. So even before the Pat McAfee match. Right. So that was interesting because dynamically, you've got other guys in the Undisputed Era who are not. You've got uh, Strong and Fish were acting heel later on in the show, um, which we'll talk about in a second. Strong, Roderick Strong had a match with Killian Dane. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Strong and Fish are still acting heel. And I we don't know what's going on. A dispute within think, the era. You think there's going to be some dispution within the Undisputed Era? Of course. Some dis- disputeration? Of course. Would you be a fan of that? Because I know that because you're someone who heels get to you. <laughs> I'll put that lightly. Yeah. I'll put that. I'll put you that call me a mark. Yeah. You can mark out a little bit. I, I you, totally You've done can that on the show. Out. I get invested. <laughs> all right. I get invested. I'm I'm here for it. I get all in my feelings about it. It's. Yeah, I'm you not do. afraid to admit it. But but you and and I only reason I let you get away with it and don't bust your balls too Excuse hard about me? it is because you heard me is because uh, you ultimately know, you do know that like Adam Cole or Drew McIntyre or, or Baron Corbin or whoever you're mad at at the, at the time <laughs> is a good worker, right? You can, you can see, yes, of course. You can see of past course. their healery. So with Adam Cole going face, are you happy to see that? Are you now going to be able to root for Adam Cole despite the years and years where I would hear <laughs> from you and you'd be like, that damn Adam Cole, he's as such a slime ball. As long as he continues to to not be chewing gum all the time. Yes. I hate that gum chewing spit it out in the ring. It's so disrespectful. I don't care if you're a heel or not. It's disrespectful in real life to Even your other wrestlers. Even if it wrestlers. enhances a punch, like they spit it out like it's a tooth, like it looks, makes it look Even better. So, yeah. okay. It is real life disrespectful to your other wrestlers. Really? So, yes, you're absolutely. You're not a fan of the gum spot. 
No. Hmm. In the ring is a sacred space. You wipe your shoes off before you go in there. You don't get anything on the mat. It's a working space. People have their faces on it constantly. So you try to respect it as much as possible. This just in, JB, the new member of Imperium. Uh, he, can't, so, he can't see the look I'm giving him right now. The is highly... Oh, my God. It's, it's literally what you were just saying. <sighs> JB, All I'm JB saying Imperium. is have some respect for the ring. And chewing gum is not respectful. In general, <laughs> let alone spitting it in the ring. So well, yes, noted. I'm happy to see the face turn. I'm, I'm excited. As long as he gets rid of the gum. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Yes. I will. It's like I'm, I'm checking to make sure I don't have any gum in my mouth right now. <laughs> no, there's a time and a place. But this is, you know, me. I grew up doing dance. I grew up doing sports. I grew up doing theater and all of these things. If you walk into that room chewing gum. It's not allowed. So that's just drilled into me from my, from my upbringing. So that could be a me problem. I'm not even going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole because I don't, I don't want to get put into an arm bar in the middle of a show. So moving on. Moving on. The battle of the badasses. Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage. In a cage on TV. This was your main event. Not mm -hmm. the NXT championship match. Two women in a cage main event of the show where the title changed hands to open the show. I thought that was a really, really stark uh, booking decision. And I also thought it was the right call, strangely enough. Yeah, I did too. And I like that it wasn't like a, a big deal that the women were main eventing. Like they didn't have to say it like WWE sometimes says it a little too much, you know? Yeah. They, I know Nick would back me up on this. I think it's been a while since... WWE has made a big deal about letting women main event. I'm like, still triggered. Uh, well, yeah, it was it. Well, <laughs> you, we all had to live through the uh, the mud wrestling matches. No, I'm uh, just so Zero. I'm so happy with the progress that we've made. Yeah, well, and not only that, but you can also have women who are are talented enough and who have been trained enough to go in there, get into a steel cage, and put on one of the best damn cage match cage matches I've seen in years. Not just in NXT, not just women's matches. In general, cage matches. This is one of the best ones I've seen in years. Wow. It was phenomenal. You know why? Because they treated it like a cage match should be treated. Yes. No one wanted to get out of the ring. No one was trying to escape the damn cage. Exactly. They were in there to beat the shit out of each other. And I was here for it because yeah. they did beat the shit out of each other. And it was beautiful. They had such chemistry. They were laying it in. They were beating the crap out of each other. Tables, chairs, <laughs> kendo sticks. Robert Stone tried to come over the top and got his ass kicked, and he ended up hanging off the top of the cage for I the know. rest of the match. This was awesome. It Agreed. was awesome. What a cool match. Agreed. What a badass match. I was, I was so high on this match. I can't even tell you. Do you think that this is the end of the feud, or are they going to continue from here? That's really the question. I mean, it felt pretty definitive. There was a, there was some Rhea just. Real one. I don't know if we said that. Real one. Rhea did. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it, it was back and forth. Like there was a few times I, I figured Rhea was going to win, but there was a few times I didn't know. Martinez threw that German suplex off the top rope that was just gnarly. Oh yeah. Gnarly, and of course, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, weapon spots and whatnot. But it ended. Yeah. Riptide. By the way, this is how beefy. Rhea Ripley is. That riptide is 
you know, usually people use that strength spot where someone's like wrenching on their arm, right? Like someone gets you an arm bar and you do a strength yeah. spot where you like, you basically just curl the person with your arm and then you power bomb them. That's basically the riptide. And she did that just freaking deadlift Mer- Mercedes Martinez with one arm up into the riptide position on the top rope and or middle rope. And from the top, though, slams her through a table, riptide from the top to win the match. She's pinfall incredible. In the of, pinfall in the middle of the ring. That's insane. That's freaking insane. And I'm here for it. I'm all kinds of here for it. Rhea Ripley is an absolute badass. Mercedes Martinez is a badass. This was the battle of the badasses. And you know, it lived <laughs> up to the damn name. And it earned being in the major in the main spot of the, of the night. Because if you'd had your cage match to open the show, it would have made... I mean, the title match, as, as good and as technically sound and as incredible as Finn Balor versus Adam Cole was to start off the show... This, this was cage, more exciting. It was more spectacular. Exactly. Yeah. It was the greatest show. It was a no. That was Something that was like that, that was Randy Orton and Edge. Oh God, no! <laughs> Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah, I know, right? So okay, so yeah, is it is it over? Is it time to set Rhea for the title? Is she going to go back and face Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez? I wasn't really sure by the end of this match. I didn't care. I'd seen utter destruction. Two ladies just <laughs> right. lay waste. I'll, I, I was sports I don't care, I'm happy. I don't care, I'm happy. Yeah, we'll see where they go next with it. Shotzi Blackheart, however, might be going for the title first. Uh, Robert Stone was in the back. He was about to trash her tank, and uh, he tried to run away, ran into EO uh, from the back through a curtain. Interrupted her phone. Interrupted her phone. Oh, man, you don't do that. So EO mm-hmm. beats up Stone and Aaliyah out in the ring. Shotzi comes out to help her, but she ends up, Shotzi grabs the title, ends up facing off with EO. And Io gets mad about that and says, "Cool, you want the t- you want to hold up the title and be a dick? Well, you can you can have the championship match. Let's go." So Shotzi and Io Shirai next week. Do you feel this will be a straight up clean finish title match? Shotzi loses because she's not taking off of Io on a regular NXT show, or do you see this being Robert Stone and Aaliyah getting involved? Mm, good question. They'll probably be shenanigans. I would think, right? I yeah. would think. But the question is, let's look at this whole picture here. You've got Robert Stone with both Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez. You've got Rhea, who's pissed off at Mercedes Martinez. You've got Rhea also, like, you still just, by existing, she's, she's in the title picture. If Robert <laughs> Stone is also doing stuff with the, with the champion, with Aaliyah and Io Shirai, and Shotzi's a part of it as well, you still have all this interconnectivity between the women's division. Not to mention that Dakota Kai just come, came off of losing to Io Shirai, has a grudge, and has a huge six-foot-tall Amazon named Raquel Gonzalez, who's also got issues with Rhea. That's a ton of interconnectivity at the top of the card. That's not a Thanksgiving table you would want to be at. I mean, no, but maybe standing outside with some glass between me and it or, or some sort of plastic to keep all some the... binoculars something. and a shield... I'd, I'd like to watch it from my couch. Yeah, there you go. But uh, at the same time, like, that's really exciting. You have lots of possibilities there that NXT has built in the top of its women's division. It could go so many different directions with all the drama. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's so much to do there, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't know about you. Do you, do you feel like uh, there's anyone in particular from that other than Rhea who is a believable challenger for EO, though? Ugh. That's, the, that's my real only issue, though, is that... <laughs> yeah, the only you said pro- other of, than Rhea, and I'm like, hmm. Right. Mercedes, maybe, maybe, but she just got beaten by Rhea, so she's kind of on the downswing a little bit. I don't know. That's that's another thing, is your champ looks I pretty mean, much... I don't really blame her for getting beaten by Rhea, because... No, I mean, that was the right choice. Yeah, so, like, I don't hold that 
L against her too much. So Which is good booking. Maybe. It's good booking because yeah. Mercedes still, I mean, she took it to one of the biggest beasts in the division. Exactly. So if you write it so that she now has a fire litter under her and mm. she's just angry and ready to take it out on the next closest person, then yeah. yeah, maybe. Lots of possibilities. Very exciting. And I'm here for it. I'm also here for the career of Bronson Reed. They're finally strapping this dude with some rockets. That's He's got the Neutron. That's a big boy. He's a big old thick boy. Not a man meat, as Nick would say. Yes, indeed. And they're, that's that's his gimmick, too. I love the fact that they've got the, you know, the whole, he stomps out, and then when he stomps on the <laughs> ring step, the camera shakes. The and silhouette. And- yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Um, uh, shout out to Cameron Grimes, by the way, who, when when Bronson Reed hit the floor in the in the ladder match, Cameron Grimes told it like it was an earthquake and he like stumbled and <laughs> fell. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of people like when Bronson falls, they go, oh, they lose their footing. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, but he had amazing. this match with Austin Theory. You know, you talk about some locked in head, uh, some, some locked in um, uh, 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 headlocks. What am I talking about? I'm talking about when he, when he, was, when he was choking out Austin Theory in this match, Austin Theory literally turned blue. <laughs> I mean, he was Austin was selling like crazy in this. Was match. he selling or was he passing out? I meant just in general in that particular yeah. move. I don't know how much was legit or or what, but it was. It certainly he was doing his best to make Bronson look like an absolute superstar here, and that's and for a dude who's twenty two in Austin theory, that is some in ring acumen. That is some psychology work that some people don't get by the time they're forty. And he already knew to make Bronson look like a big deal while still being able to get his shit in and still looking like, you know, he knew what he was doing. It's just Bronson's just a force of nature. Loved it. Loved it. Um, Some of his selling reminded me a little bit of Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. That's how over the top it was. Like, it was just, it was madness. Um, Do you feel like there is a destination for Bronson Reed, though? Is this just, uh, are we just building the guy up to look good? Or do you feel like they're setting him up to be a champion at some point? Like, what was your impression, just even from, like, the, this match, the couple matches he's had since the, you know, they gave him a big push before the ladder match. The push is continuing. But what are they pushing him to? Do you see an opening anywhere for him? I don't know yet. But they're definitely, like, building him up yeah. for something. Something. I mean, Who do you think he is... Uh building for well that's my question because damian priest is about to go into a, a, a feud with timothy thatcher as we found out from thatcher's thatch can this week where he you know was making fun of all of his flying and partying and showboating um and bronson just had a you know he lost to damian priest clean or excuse me priest lost to him clean before the ladder match so he does have one up on priest do you ever see him going after finn <sighs> I could see that. I think maybe if are, maybe if they're building him up to be a good first contender for Finn, but I don't see him winning it. Oh no, definitely not. You know, so that's that's kind of my curiosity here because they again, it's it's having the guy win matches, but then having Austin Theory just sell so hard for him. And it's not like Austin Theory isn't a guy that they they believe in and trust in and want to see things happen with. Um I would think. I don't know if he's in the doghouse still. Um, you know, he's not on Raw anymore. He's not working with Seth anymore. I don't know what happened there. Um, sometimes NXT catches cast-offs. I don't know if he pissed off somebody backstage on the main roster. Yeah. We, we may never know. Something happened. So much of wrestling happens behind the scenes. 
it's like there's so many politics that play and who's mad at who and yeah. who did what that has nothing to do with anything we see on our televisions that I am just, I always know that there's so much I don't know. Exactly. And that's one of the, the problems with being in our position is there's so much we don't know. We have to speculate. And I don't want to be unsafe when we speculate on the show and say things that aren't true. For, for example, exactly. for example, we know that Austin Theory was named in the Speaking Out. Uh, everything that was came out with the Speaking Out. Um, I did some research on it, and it is a little bit. It's it's one of those ones where I would just need to see more evidence. It doesn't look like he did anything necessarily wrong, uh, but it also, you know, it, no, no charges were ever brought or anything. But at the same time. Some of the stuff, if true, could be really bad. Yeah. But no are... charges being brought doesn't mean that he didn't do anything exactly. wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there, but again, you don't want to make baseless speculations either way about what happened. Yeah. Plus, you know, we know that they have different ways of dealing with people who were named and speaking out. For example, Velveteen Dream, who really had some mm. nasty stuff come out, like really questionable stuff. Uh, he faced off with Ashanti V. Adonis, formerly Tahuti Miles, who changed his name for some reason to something else. That's I don't I, I don't I don't know where he's going with Ashanti V. Adonis, but I'm here to find out. Um, this Velveteen was a Dream squash. It was a squash. Velveteen squashes him. The real point here was that Kushida, who Velveteen beat down, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the in the lead up to the ladder match, the North American title ladder match. Kushida came out to get his revenge and beat the absolute crap out of Velveteen Dream. Yes, he did. So, so Kushida's now going into a feud with Velveteen Dream, which, great to see Kushida get a feud, great to see him looking good. I'm glad that he's in there with a guy that NXT at least considers one of their top guys. You but the think problem, it's like DOA, though? But that's what I'm worried about, JB, is do you feel like right now, unlike like Austin Theory, whatever happened with him, he's still on TV, he's still around, they kind of picked him up. Velveteen Dream is still around. We haven't heard how an actual crowd would react to him. Well, but do you? I mean, like the internet is not happy with him. No, and that's what Let's I'm worried be about. Clear, we they had to take some people off of the Thunderdome for holding up signs about him. And right, there have been some articles, and yeah, the the public is not happy with the Dream. No, they're not, and and so it makes me worried for Kushida being in a feud with him. It's it's like no one wants to see that feud, not because of anything Kushida did, it's because no one wants to see Dream. Dream is going to get beaten down and the public is going to feel some sort of vindication or something. But even that, I think a lot of people would th- would feel is distasteful. Like a lot of people just don't want to see Dream. Yeah. Not not even like they don't want to see him getting beat down and being a heel. They just right. don't want to see him go away. all. It's yeah. go away heat. <laughs> Especially with his, with his gimmick being so kind of sexy sexual. and sexual yeah, anyway. It is, it is pretty Ugh. uncomfortable. It is pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. You're right. So that's, that's what I'm worried about for Kushida. It's like another doomed Kushida angle. You know, so I, yeah. I, that's that's what I'm worried about. This, I mean, they're they're Good willing point. to to keep working. So that's why I'm saying it's like it's you can't really speculate about what happened with Austin Theory because the other side of the company, you've got Velveteen Dream, who obviously they see a lot of value in. Um, and I don't want to get into the whole you know nitty gritty of what happened with him, but the bottom line is they stood by him. So the, and, and if they're standing by Austin Theory because they know something actually happened, then. You know, that's again, it's speculation. I don't want to get into that stuff because I get very passionate about it and I don't have all the details. Exactly. But you can bet your ass if either of those guys did, you know, 
the things that they're accused of that I don't ever want to see them on my television again. Right. If actually, and if any incontrovertible, incontrovertible, bleh, Sasha Banks, uh, if any incontrovertible proof comes out, then yes. It's, Get them the hell off my screen. Bye-bye. Yeah. But again, as you said, the whole this all started because we were saying, we don't know. Exactly. We don't know. We don't know what's going on backstage. We don't know it's what the politics are. It's an uncomfortable limbo right now where right. it's like, we don't, as the public, we don't know what actually happened, but they're still on our television. So how right. do we react to them? But we want, like, this is something that, like, I want to know what NXT investigated about Velvet because these are serious allegations. Right. Was I it a real investigation or did you just ask him if he did it and he said no and you closed <laughs> the case? The dream has no memory of that. Right. So it's, it's 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 a bit frustrating in that sense where you, there's times where you want to know more but you don't for instance i don't know what the plan is with roderick strong and and bobby fish being healed while adam cole is supposedly going face and killian dane looking like he's heading towards a tag team with of all people drake maverick uh i don't know what to think about that killian dane in this match ultimately um if, with Roderick Strong, which, by the way, it's it's crazy to see how far Dane has fallen, like from where he once was, and now he's in this. He's been in a lot of kind of like half matches, half feuds. This seems to be going somewhere. Um, Roderick Strong beating uh, beating Dane here, and then ultimately getting beaten up by Strong and Fish until Drake Maverick comes out to save Dane um, with a pipe, and then Dane knocks out uh, knocks him out for his trouble. He's a lone wolf. He's a lone wolf. He wants to be alone. He but this want is friends. Uh, but this seems like it's fairly obvious that he's going to ultimately turn come around, and we're going to have a, an odd couple with him and Drake, which sounds like fun. But what is the idea with undisputed era continuing to be heels? And is this a feud that's going to continue to happen um, while undisputed era is having some sort of breakup? While they're finding they're going in different directions, it could be you know the impetus for their breakup. Maybe Adam Cole is like, why are you being so mean? <laughs> why are you beating up the little guy? Yeah, come on, guys. Pick on someone your own size. As a little guy, I don't like that you're fighting the little guy. Exactly. Right. Who and knows? Like, we can't be friends anymore. <sighs> maybe. Maybe. I, this is, again, with the sort of start-stop usage of Killian Dane, with the, I know they want to do something with Drake because, you know, he just got back in good graces. Um. I, I'm I'm very curious where they're going with all this, and I'm aside from the fact that I would be entertained by a Killian Dane and Drake Maverick tag team, and maybe they're using the the Undisputed Era as a way to tell the story of them becoming a tag team. I'm curious where this story ends up. Yeah. Because right now I can't I can't see through the mists of time into <laughs> where it's going. Uh, but I could see Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae's dinner ending up. Well, how it ended up. You kind of saw this one coming. Sauce. Yeah, spaghetti everywhere, all over Johnny Gargano's nice white shirt. Tegan Knox came over to dinner at Candice LeRae's house. They tried to sort things out. Uh, actually, it went pretty well. Johnny, Johnny was like obviously not into it, but then was told to leave the dinner table at a certain point, and the, the two girls started hashing things out. But ultimately, Candice said, Tegan, come over to the Johnny Gargano way. Come over to the Candice LeRae way. It's uh. the better way. And Tegan just ultimately went, you know what? You're kind of a bitch. This was so cringy. It, did it feel like high school theater acting to you, or is it just me? I, it, it may have been worse than high school theater acting. Ooh. I see. Oh, gosh. Okay. See, <laughs> I get all fired up. This is why wrestlers Good. should all have acting lessons. They should have acting coaches. 
coaches on set when they're doing these scenes being like, hey, no human would ever actually say that this way. Let's try it this way. And if they need to give them a line read, which in the acting world means that the director tells you exactly how to say it, (laughs) then they can give them a line read. I've heard of a frustrated actor, but you must be the first frustrated wrestling actor I've ever heard. That's that I, 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 I feel you on that, but it's so not part of their culture that that would be such a huge uphill battle to but even get up. We're moving in that direction. That. We are moving more towards realism. It's happening. So get all the way on board. Like if you're going to do a segment in someone's house where you're having dinner, then, you know, like don't have them sit down at the plates while the plates are empty at the dinner table and start talking. Nobody does that. Do you feel like this was the the fault of the writers or like the really quick creative process where it's just run and gun? Um, Do you think they should have more time to kind of like learn and internalize their lines and that sort of thing? Because it does always to me seem like they're- acting lessons. (laughs) And I'm not saying this to be- mean but i'm saying it as someone who loves the product a way to make the product better was is to get acting lessons because you mm. learn so much for interest for blah, 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 blah. for example i am an actor yes and i this morning had a commercial audition where i was sent the script this morning right and had to shoot it myself and send it back to them within a, a couple hours of time Sounds kind of like WWE, right? Well, yeah. I have the skills, having studied acting, to be able to memorize the script and make it believable and spit it right back out very quickly. And I think the wrestlers would benefit from this, and it's not that hard. And they have the money. Right. They're, and they're already doing promo classes anyway, so what, exactly. would, what would be the problem with another step of taking the kind of acting classes that, that for instance, exactly. you may have taken? And then these type of, you know whatever they're called, these, these segments, se- thank you. These types of segments would be elevated to, su- to such a higher level. Mm. That's my thought. I, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I feel like, I feel like with this segment, like it was effective. I thought Johnny was particularly funny here, but could it be better? Yeah, I agree. I think it could be better. Um, and I think, that the sort of insular nature of the wrestling business where they're like, well, we have all the people that we need to teach these people how to do these things. I think you hit a point where uh, you, you, you made a good point where you said it's heading more in this direction, right? We're getting more yes. of these TV skits. We're getting more of these kinds of, uh, of stories where in the past, like, yes, we always had backstage skits and it's become more and more prevalent to have more outlandish or uh, skits or even ones where it's more slice of life, Right. Like this one was. Right. If you have people shooting things on their cell phones, then they need to be natural as if they're a real person shooting something on their cell phones. Well, defining where the camera's like, I mean, we could go off on a whole tangent about film styles. and and We ain't got time. We ain't got time for that. We're here to talk about wrestling. But the bottom line is, is that when we're doing more stuff like this, where it's it's invisible camera uh, narrative film style like this, as opposed to... Um, Gonzo style catching something uh, backstage, right? Which is which is what it has been for such a long time. Is either it's a it's a it's a sports um, style where you've got an interview set up, or you've got just like roaming cameras that happen to catch something in the middle of it of it happening. Um, 
when you have something like this that is a straight up people are sitting down to two camera shoot like this, it does require a different style of acting for it to be effective and realistic yes. and engaging. And it's something that you can tell that these people aren't trained on. That's what I'm saying. So it, it's something where since they're going in this new direction, wouldn't it make sense to have training in the style that they're attempting to do. Yes. Is that the point you're trying to make? Yeah. The train is already heading in that direction. Just get all the way on the train. Right. Pack all your bags. Get all your ish together. <laughs> get all the on, way on the train. Put all your put ish in a bag. Train. Get the bag. Put all your ish. Get it. Get the ish all together. The Stop dangling off the train. Put it. Hanging on for dear life. In the bag. Get on. Right. I got you. So that, on. that was NXT. <laughs> that was NXT. Lots of ish in a bag. <laughs> Lots, of, Lots ish. of ish in a bag. But speaking was, of ish, speaking of ish, because we we had a, it was a really fun NXT. It was really good. Some awesome matches. Lots of ish. But if you want to talk about ish, let's go talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Down since day one ish, you want to talk about ish, 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 ish. That's right, ish, ish, oos. That's right, oos. That's right, Oos with the ish. Jimmy Uso, excuse me, Jay Uso, Jimmy. Jimmy's not even here. Get it together. Sorry. Get your brother straight. I, I, I can't tell them apart. They're twins. <laughs> They're twins. I even have Jimmy in my notes. I can't even tell. Jay Uso, Jay Uso, who is the brother who is not injured and on the shelf. Jay Uso uh, is the number one contender for Roman Reigns' Universal Championship. Of course, the issue there being that they're cousins. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Oh my. Family drama. Um, so out at the top of the show, Bennett, Bennett. Oh, how I missed Roman Reigns coming out at the top of the show every show. Oh, I know you do. Oh, I missed it so much. I oh, know. So, I'm having I'm having no triggering flashbacks. Not at all. To hear that music at the You've top of the show. You've never made a song about Roman Reigns before. No, never have. My my right eye isn't twitching even thinking about all the times that Roman has opened a show. Mm-mm. Um. So Roman comes out at the top of the show with Paul Heyman. Uh, Paul Heyman, of course, immediately addressing the the elephant in the room. Jay Uso got the number one contendership, uh, and it was all he did it himself. Like yes, Paul set it up, Roman set it up, but Jay did do it himself by winning that four way against Matt Riddle, Sheamus, and Baron Corbin. Uh, Jay Uso comes down to the ring to say that yes, indeed, I did it. Uh, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm take your championship. Sorry, no, no hard feelings, cuz. And Rain said, "Hey, man, I'm just gonna whip your ass, like I did when we were kids." Which Jay said, "Okay, we're not kids anymore." Ha ha ha. And we started getting that little bit of a tension build there between the cousins. You know what I mean? Yes. But of course, we can't have too much of that yet because we still got other things to do. Because King Corbin came out. Oh joy! Which I know was the the highlight I'm of your show. So happy every time Corbin <laughs> comes out. Your favorite. So Your favorite. much my favorite. Uh, he, Corbin claimed that the whole thing was a setup, that uh, Reigns and Jay had been in cahoots the entire time. Uh, but he didn't get a chance to finish that thought because out came Seamus and his, his new Seamus jacket, which looks like he reclaimed it from Dean Ambrose on his way out the door. Oh, you thought so too? Yes. With that hat? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. I mean, I, okay. To, to be clear, I love, I love the look Seamus is going for. This kind of like barroom brawler Irish thug kind of thing going on there. I love it. I love it. But that jacket was totally Dean Ambrose's jacket. <laughs> recycled. Just saying. Just saying. But, but, hey, it was, at least it's recycled for a good thing. So anyway, Seamus and Corbin 
get in the ring, face off with the cousins. Jay starts lighting them up. Roman just stands there, completely just like a like a statue, while Jay chases the boys out of the ring. And Jay says, "Yeah, yeah, you're gonna face me and my cousin at the end at the end of the show tonight." And Reigns is kind of like. Blood versus buttwad match. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? Oh, God. I love these. I love these like highbrow insults they throw. It's not like it's a schoolyard all over again or anything. I, I was like, did he just say that? Yeah, did that grown did. man just say blood versus buttwad? He, I'm afraid he did. Okay. He did say that. But uh, Roman Reigns, taciturn, still says nothing uh, as Jay puts him in this match at the end. At the end of the show, out comes Jey Uso to be in this tag match. Roman Reigns, nowhere to be found. So Jey is fighting in a handicap match for most of this match um, until Reigns decides to show up at the end of the match, blind tags himself in as Jey Uso's on the top rope about to do a splash, spears uh, Sheamus, I believe, uh, takes him out, one, two, three. Reigns literally does what his shirt says, shows up, Wreck shit, leaves. Yep. That was it. And he kind of like half-heartedly puts his hand up with his cousin. That was it. He's, I, what do you think about new look heel Roman Reigns? The kind of the, the, the mm. distance, the silence, the kind of the stillness that he has about him, the fact that he just does not give an actual crap. What do you think about the heel, the heel turn so far? Okay, I'm torn. Because you know I always get mad when the pretty boys go bad. okay we'll try to put that and and (laughs) paul Heyman drives me up the wall but it's like you were saying earlier i recognize that paul Heyman is an incredible talker yes even though he drives me nuts as he's doing so i feel like it's working i'll just summarize i feel like it's working what what about it works particularly well for you? Is it is it the fact that he's got a new physical demeanor? Is it the fact yes, that... Yes, it's the fact that Roman can pull off the silent, stoic, like... You know, Brock Lesnar's... Sorry, there are a lot of thoughts going through my head right now. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> he, can be, he can be silent and intimidating uh-huh. and not look stupid. Right. Like you believe that there's a reason and that he can back up everything he says with reason, even if he doesn't tell you what that reason is. Right. And, and con- but contrast that you brought up Brock Lesnar. How does that contrast? Because obviously now that we've got the Roman set up where he shows up at the end, you know, does very little and leaves and is with Paul yeah. Heyman. There's lots of parallels people are drawing between this and Brock Lesnar. Well, what is differentiating? What, what's differentiating okay, this from Brock Lesnar? Okay, for me, Lesner? a small, a small factor is that, and again, this is just my opinion. Brock so looks kind for. of dumb when he just stands there, like <laughs> oafish. Yes, you don't believe that there's much going on in the head. He's a whole lot of brawn without a lot of brain. Right. Whereas Roman looks. It seems to me to have brain as much as brawn. Right. So I'm, I'm more willing to get on board with this and say, okay, you obviously have good reason for everything that you're doing right now. And yeah, it was crap that, you know, they took away your title and uh, you had leukemia and I'm sure you do have a lot of anger and, and resentment and all the rest. Everything you're saying, or rather Paul Heyman saying, isn't necessarily wrong. So, okay. 
and that's, and that's I'll go part along of the, for the journey. Yeah, and that's part of the the way that Paul has set this up. I think his you know story wise, like why Romans the way he is now. I think is definitely helping that perception. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that because Brock is in real life a pretty intelligent, wily guy. And so of course, and I'm not so saying Roman. he's not. Obviously, no, we're talking about gimmicks Perception, and character, not how they come across. Yes. Actual human, the human beings. Of course, but no, and that's what I wanted to hit on is that, um, you know, how someone comes across, how someone reads on TV exactly is such how they read. Has, that's the perfect way to put it. That is such a big deal when it comes to top guys. Yeah. Right. And that was always why Vince wanted Roman because Roman reads as a badass. Always like yeah. him or not, if he's just standing there, he reads as a badass, and he's got charisma. He well, yeah, he's got he has that it factor, that star power. He can just stand there, and you go, "Who's that guy?" Right? That Roman has that. So if you have him just standing there, being still and looking badass, and does very few things, it's very dynamic. Brock is very similar, but as you said, there is that little extra something that Roman has where it almost feels like you can see him thinking. You yes. don't feel like you can see Brock thinking. Brock's a bit exactly. more of a blank slate. Exactly. And, and he does have things going on inside his head. You just can't see him doing it. It doesn't read. Roman, it reads. So you, there's a bit more of an intimidating uh, presence to Roman. There's a bit more, uh, you know, when he just stands there, you're wait, you feel like you're waiting for that explosion to come more because you know he's thinking. Right, and, and Brock's waiting. like, let me just kill this by real quick so I can go eat my well-done steak or whatever. Yeah, oh, God, with my, with my, with my shaved-off teeth. So, yeah, I, I personally think that Roman's turn is going really well. My only question is, we're building up for this whole match with him and Jay based on his gimmick, based on what we've seen so far, based on just where Jay is in his career and on the card. Is, are, I mean, are we just building up for a gigantic squash at, at Clash of Champions? I don't know that it's going to be a squash, but I think Roman's definitely going to win. He's going to show up, wreck Jay, and leave. They're not going to change the gimmick this soon. They're going to define it. The whole point of this is to define that gimmick, isn't it? Yes, but I think with Jay, there's obviously going to be another dynamic because we because they are family. Question. Okay. How close is Jimmy to being recovered? I don't think he'll be back in time. Because he, he busted it at WrestleMania. He busted his knee at WrestleMania. That was in April, May, June, July. Uh, yeah, no, five, mm. five or six months. It's, it'd be too yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be too early for a knee. Yeah, you're right. So I think this is just straight up him and Jay. Well, even if he does just wreck Jay and, you know, squash him quickly, there'll be more heart in it, so we'll care more. I think that's the point is, you know, to see Roman – really viciously annihilate his own family will will cement the heel turn right exactly. it'll be the, it'll well, be the he final even said like i'm gonna you know beat your ass like when we were kids but after that it's all love just like when we were kids right yeah but will it be all love once he sees how vicious roman is to him it's Do you know not what I mean? gonna be like that for jay that's what i'm saying is like is afterwards would jay be like damn cuz you different now yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what, what I'm what saying. We're, that's what we're doing. Right. We're headed there. So I, as, I think that on the one hand, I wish I could see an actual match, but that's not Roman's gimmick right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But much like with Luke Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, once he strikes down his own family, his journey towards the dark side will be complete. Are you done? 
I'm done. Okay. Jeff Hardy uh, is the Intercontinental Champion. Well, according to him, Sami Zayn says it's him because he never really lost it. And Sami Zayn is now turned into the fuzziest Karen because <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles had a match for the Intercontinental title. And Sami Zayn just couldn't stop coming out and saying, I'm the Intercontinental Champion. What it's is this? It's me. It's me. He's in the production truck pushing all the buttons until we have to go to commercial. He's coming out to stop the beginning of the match and complain about it until he's led off by Adam Pearce. And, of course, he comes out at the end of the match to interfere with the match so he can't have a clean finish to this match. Um, was it necessary to actually just go? We had a, we had a, quite a bit of match here. Um before Sammy came out and interrupted it. And I was, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was waiting to Sam, for Sammy to interrupt this match from the get-go because of all the buildup they'd had for him. Right. So to have this much of a match and then have Sammy come out was a little bit eh, irritating. It rubbed me the wrong way. Do, do, you think, do you think we needed the whole match first? Or were you entertained by the match? I, well, like you said, I was waiting for the moment Sammy Zayn was going to come out. So I don't... I don't think it necessarily needed the whole match and, you know, the disqualification and everything beforehand. We, we could have sped it up a little bit. Could, yeah, we could have gotten there a little bit faster. That's kind yeah. of what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm we agreeing. all know it's coming. But um, there was the odd thing where Jeff Hardy collapsed on the way out of the ring. He and then, died on the ramp. And then they later said it was dehydration, which is a really... That was weird. Yeah, that was odd. And the, But then we have him and AJ and Sammy all brawling backstage and AJ saying, I'm the real champ and I'm going to prove it. I'm frustrated all this bull crap. I got oh, one guy oh, who should oh, never wait, have wait, won wait. the championship. He said, he said, and this is a direct quote. <laughs> okay. I, I wrote this down because I was like, I'm going to use this in life. Uh-oh. I need this. He said, I know this sounds like frustration, but this is determination. I love it. I That's need the it. line you're going to steal? I, yeah, I want it on a bumper sticker. I don't know. I love it. I thought it was brilliant. I know this sounds like frustration, but this is determination. You got to say it with the, with the Georgia accent, that was, though. That was catchy. Yeah. You got you to bring out your Indiana accent when you say it. So, okay. so yeah. Oh, we're getting a reading here? Okay, go for it. I know this sounds like frustration, but this is determination. I was... All right. I put the JB spin on it, you know. That was yeah. That was the it was like a washing machine right there. While you Warsh. drink while you drink your po- while you drink your pop. Washing machine as I lay on my Warsh. pillar. You lay on your pillar exactly. Flipping with the moat or the television. <laughs> it's coming out. Get a pop out of the fridge. The Indiana's coming out. We got to move on before it gets too. <laughs> it comes out too much. Oh, we start having some chitlins before, up in here. Before I transform, go before on. Before you transform, right, right. You can take me to Walmart after this. Um. So all right. <sighs> We do have Walmarts here in, in the California. They're just not as prevalent. It's, it's so weird. Like, I I've always hear about Walmart, and I never get a chance to go because we just don't have them in Southern California. There's, like, one way up in the valley, and that's it. All right, back to Jeff Hardy I'm and AJ saying. and Sami Zayn. Why don't we have more Walmarts in I Southern California? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Does the world need more Walmarts? No, it does not. Okay, touche. So back to the match. Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, that match ends. They brawl for the rest of the show. Sami Zayn is being a fuzzy Karen. Uh, d- does this kind of undermine Sam? Like, are they making Sammy look too silly in this, or does the fact that he gets to beat them down on the regular make him look like he's a legitimate contender? And how long do you think before we end up having this be a three-way match? We got two weeks to clash of champions. So, do you think that next week we actually get this to be a legitimate three-way, or does it end up still being like Jeff Hardy versus Sami Zayn to 
and the dispute over the Intercontinental title. Where does that leave AJ, who's now frustrated and determinated? No, let's fast forward. Just get to the three-way. You want the three-way like starting next week? Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yep. Like, get to it. Fast forward. We know what's happening. Just get to it. Yes. Fast checkout line. Let's get out of this Walmart. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, Bailey came out to explain her turn on Sasha Banks. Speaking uh, of Karen. Speaking of, well, yeah, she got the haircut. She's got the haircut. Uh, she came out, sat in a chair like Eddie Guerrero, which makes all the sense in the world, but didn't really say a whole lot. She showed a, a video of everything that happened and then uh, said, that's right, I was using Sasha Banks because I knew Sasha Banks was using me. And guess what? I'd be an idiot if I didn't turn on her first because it was just a matter of time before she was going to get me. Uh, better to keep your, your enemies closer uh, than your friends. So... What did you think about... So here we are. Bailey's heel turn is now well into effect. We've been doing it for a while, and we've just had her go even more heel by turning on Sasha Banks. What was your impression of this segment? Do you feel like this was, this was a, 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 in the right direction or not? My impression was that I had never before this moment seen a short sleeve tie-dye... <laughs> turtleneck oh my god a short sleeve tie-dye turtleneck <laughs> and, and also the promo was all right i mean <laughs> sure bailey you never oh. actually cared about sasha you were just using her she was using you I, but i'm sure. talking about her presentation like yes it's it's a heel 101 promo but yes. what did you think what did you think about her presentation how is she how is she reading to go back to what we're talking about roman she is reading better as a heel than she was a while back, and I commend her progress. We all saw the turn coming. Yeah. For a long time. I'm waiting to be wowed. Really? Okay, so you're not wowed by her heel turn. By, by, even after like turning on Sasha, you're not well, wowed by her. Okay, no, her, her actual turning on Sasha was like, well, dang. Girl. Yeah, it was a great it was a great beatdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh her promo work. Right. Yeah. Still not knocking you out of the park. No. But it was mm. serviceable. Okay. All right. So you you give like a seven out of ten? Like a six out of ten. Six point five. Six point five out of ten. Yeah. All right. What about you? Are you happy with this? I am. I am actually happy with it. I'm I'm you know, again, for Bailey, this is as good as she's been as a heel, in my opinion. Yes, she I not, agree. She's not all time. I totally agree. This is the best she's been to this point. Yes. So that's that's where I'm gonna I'm just gonna rest it on that. It's like Bailey's okay. doing good for Bailey. Yeah. Um and she keeps getting better. So Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm waiting to be wowed and I know that she can do it. Right. Someone else who can do it is Alexa Bliss. And by it, I mean Sister Abigail, because she was in a fatal four-way, Alexa Bliss versus Lacey Evans versus Nikki Cross versus Tamina for the number one contendership for Bailey's title. The question is, why wasn't Naomi in this? Alexa Bliss puts the, uh, the uh, within a shock twist, used a Sister Abigail on Nikki Cross outside of the ring. So the match basically became Lacey versus Tamina for most of this mm -hmm. until Nikki recovered, came back in, man, like sacked up, Totally uh, uh, had a huge comeback and ended up getting the win in this match. Uh, uh, she matchbook covered Tamina for the one, two, three. Nikki Cross is your number one contender for the Bailey's title, which we'll get to in a second because I got thoughts on that as well. But Alexa Bliss putting 
the sister Abigail on Nikki Cross outside was a big moment in this that she put it on. She, she hit Nikki with it and we went to commercial. Yeah. Well, and then Alexa Bliss just walked off out of the in match a in, a, in a trance. Yep. Which we'll, we'll come back to that when we get to, to the Firefly Funhouse segment, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So we'll come back to, Ale- to Alexa Bliss. Well, just Nikki's to say she was contender. then out of the match. Why wasn't Naomi in this? After I don't everything know. Everything that's just happened. Give after, Naomi a chance. After all of that, exactly. After all of that groundswell on the internet, is it another example of WWE seeing someone getting over on the internet and pulling the plug on them because they can't stand if someone gets over on their own and like, when they don't want to push them? Or... More reasonably, is it because they don't want to send Naomi at Bailey right now? That's because she would lose? Right, because you can't have her beat Bailey right now. You can't, if, if you're going to... They're saving her for something better, is right. what you're saying. That's kind of what I'm wondering. You can't, well, not only can you not have her lose to Bailey, you theoretically could and have her like have a nice big build towards Bailey. But I'm saying, even in this match, look how the match was structured. Right where you've got uh, Alexa has to take out Nikki to show what's happening with Alexa. That's a story. Uh, and then you've got two women who are there to fill space, Lacey and Tamina. Um, if you have Nikki going over to win because you want to tell some sort of story with Nikki, we'll get to, again, we'll talk about Nikki being number one contender in a second. You can't have Naomi in this and lose. Yeah, very true. Right? Yep. You don't want to have her not be involved in the pin and just be there because then it feels like tokenism. Okay, so I agree. But then what about the conclusion? Nikki won. Right. So Nikki's now number one contender. She's already lost to Bailey twice in the last two months. Right. So it seems strange to have her go for the title again. But I feel like it's because there's a story with her and Alexis that's going to take place simultaneously, and that's going to get in the way of her title shot. So we need to tell this story. Mm. And it's safe for, Ale- for Nikki to lose again to Bailey because she's already lost. We've established that. And if it's because of the story, then it also protects her. But there's no protection for Naomi in that situation as well. Very true. So I, I want to plead uh, a little bit of caution on everyone freaking out that Naomi didn't get a shot in this match. Yes, it sucks, but there might be a booking reason for it. Am I, am I crazy here, JB, or, or no, do you see what I'm saying? No, I can totally see what you're saying. I'll go along with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll... I'll take that in as my new reasoning until I see otherwise. Were you frustrated that Naomi wasn't in this match or were you okay with this match as it stood? To me, this match wasn't about anything other than Alexa Bliss giving the sister Abigail to Nikki. Like to me, that was the point of this match and everyone else was just a decoration for us to get that moment. Right. So it didn't really matter to me who else was in it. It, but it would matter if it's someone that everyone wants to get behind. No one's really getting behind Lacey and Tamina right now. So it was okay yeah, if, for them to be the window dressing. Right. Yeah. If Naomi wasn't going to win the match, then I'm fine with her not being in it in this particular right. instance. But, I, but there is, of course, that's still out there. Like, are they mad at Naomi for getting over without them wanting her to? So that's, well, that's if they still... are, that's some utter bull crap. And we know you listen. So <laughs> if that's the case, you suck. But ultimately, of course, as we said with, with NXT, it's just speculation. We don't yes. know. Uh, so speaking of the Firefly Funhouse, Bray Wyatt said that he was going to introduce a new character to the Firefly Funhouse this week. And everyone thought it was going to be Alexa Bliss. Everyone, myself included, was like, that's, that's Alexa Bliss. It wasn't. It, nope. It was Pasquale the Persevering Parrot, 
who Bray went and got the box for him and opened the lid and said, hey, Pasquale, come out and meet everybody. Bum, bum, bum. Pasquale did I not survive. I guess I forgot to put holes in the box. Oh, Bray, you scamp. Apparently, he didn't persevere that long, that parrot. But then we were introduced to the real new character. The Vince McMahon puppet came in and was like, what are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. He said, <clears throat> what did he say? What in the where I'm from are is going on in here? <laughs> you guys, that made me so happy. There was there was a lot of great. This was devil horns. This was one of the better Firefly Funhouses in terms of like in jokes and double meanings and fun little winking stuff at the like. It was fantastic. You had Vince come in, run down Bray, and then introduce introduce the real new character on the Firefly Funhouse, Wobbly Walrus. Who no, I, no, no, Hobbly Walrus. Hobbly Wobbly Walrus? Hobbly Wobbly? Hobbly Walrus. Wobbly. I got Wobbly the Walrus. I got Hobbly Walrus. Well, all right. We got, we got a walrus. <laughs> we had a walrus who's a special advisor now to the Firefly Funhouse to make sure that everything goes right there. Um, which, to me, I, I think the obvious hit would be Paul Heyman, like a Paul Heyman oh, joke. Oh, duh. Come on. He, he's, it's Paul Heyman. It's a little Bruce Prichardy too. I, it's I, Paul Heyman. It's, I don't know. I, it, it probably is synthesis of a few things. But uh, I like the fact that they've, they they're now kind of he's kind of winkingly saying, yeah, you know, we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna take some of this internet scuttle button and and make a, a light of it on the Firefly Funhouse. Not what we expected at all. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Another reason why Funhouse is great because you never know what's coming next. Um, no idea how Alexa Bliss is gonna play into the story of the Fiend and Wyatt in the future. We don't know where Braun Strowman is right now. There's a, it's it's very fun stuff, uh, and I'm curious to see where he goes with Wobbly Walrus. That's a that's a that's a funny little bit of shtick. Disturbing, so, but funny. A little bit disturbing, but then again, it's Paul Heyman, and he's disturbing. <laughs> True. Uh, so a couple more quick things here on SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro faced the Lucha House Party again, but the Street Profits were in the back in their in their party lounge, their champions lounge. And halfway through the match, as Cesaro is putting on a clinic and how to be a lucha base, uh, up there on the on the Titantron, we see the Street Profits are parting it up back there in the uh, in the lounge. Obviously, not giving a crap about social distancing, but they weren't hey, supposed whatever. to touch anything, right? And they they weren't, and I don't think they told anyone in that room that we're in a pandemic because no one was wearing masks or social distancing. I was very offended, very offended. I let me tell you, I was I was offended with a capital O. Hashtag triggered. Yeah. Whatever they were partying, they were partying back in the lounge. It distracted Cesaro enough to get pinned by the Lucha House Party. They pick up a win. You have champions getting pinned on a night before the cha- the two champion teams face off on Monday Night Raw. That's all this was a build for was the fact that Cesaro and Shinsuke are coming over to Monday Night Raw next week to face off against the Street Profits in some sort of championship invitational, which I don't understand why they're doing it other than they have so few tag teams. Was this was do you feel this was a good look for Shinsuke and Cesaro to lose like this? Before having this match on Monday, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> what well, could they? What could they have done here to make the Monday night match mean something? I don't. I I don't know. It doesn't mean something at all. Like you said, it's just kind of fodder to you know fill time with the tag teams. Yeah, I, that's why. That's how I feel about it too. Like it's it, it doesn't seem like it means anything. I'm not excited exactly. for it because I don't have any reason to care. Right. So what can you do to make it better? I don't know. Give me a reason to care. 
Well, all right. Uh, and one more thing that happened on the show. Otis is still feuding with Miz and Morrison. He had a match with, uh, the Miz, uh, with Morrison this week, who he beat handily and clean, uh, after Miz stole his lunchbox. Last week, of course, Morrison stole the briefcase with the Money in the Bank contract in it, and turned out it was just a whole bunch of like papers and staplers and half-eaten sandwiches. And this week, Miz stole the lunchbox, and inside was only a mostly eaten apple. This is a lesson to all you thieves out there. Uh, yes. Well, of course, Otis revealed then that in his briefcase now, he was carrying another lunchbox, and that was the one with the, uh, with the contract in it. So, yay, nice little gimmick gag here that we took, took like two or three segments to get to. Is it worth all of that just to have these jokes, like these kind of little like, like, w- like one joke, and especially when it's an inversion from last week? Was it worth it, or I, were you entertained? I was entertained. You were? I okay. love Otis and Ms. Morrison together are funny so, yeah, why not? See, this is why I have you Take on the show, JB. Bones. This is why Nick and I are lucky to have you on the show, because you, you take something where I want to be a grumpus about it, and I want to be like, meh, it wasn't worth it, and you get positive about it. Well, yeah, I like these guys. Well, I like these guys, too, but it just it seemed like a lot for very little, is what I'm saying. But, but if you were entertained by it, then that's awesome. It, it has a moral. It teaches a lesson. Because <laughs> that's what we need is morals in wrestling. funny bones. Right. The lesson of the day, kids, is don't steal each other's lunchboxes. Exactly. All right. Well, see, this is why, again, because you're so positive is why we love having you on the show. <laughs> and that it leads, actually, that leads us to our final segment of the show today. And, of course, that would be our moment of positivity. Mop. That's right, the moment of positivity, the moment on the show where we think back on the last few days of wrestling and find something that was positive, that made us smile, that made us happy. A little moment where we can send you all back out into the world with a smile on your faces and, and some warmth inside you instead of having all this negativity and, 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 and anger and criticism that we level at everything all the time. No, it's a cleansing of the palate at the end of the show. That's what it's for. So, Miss JB, <laughs> thank you for coming back on the show. What Aww. was your moment of positivity for this week? Well... First of all, I have a moment of positivity just being here. Oh, come on. I always love coming on BWO. Thank you guys for having me. Thank well, it's you. It's our honor to have you. Thank you for making the time to show up for Thank us. Thank you, Phenomenal awesome. Ones, for all your support and for asking me back. It, it truly means the world. Um, and on the actual shows, I'm going to say Rhea and Mercedes in that steel cage match. Dude, right? Yes, that was epic. Those were some badass women battling it out. It made me so proud to be a woman in wrestling. And I just, you know, I just look back to where things were 10 years ago and all the progress that's been made. And it's, it's amazing. It's really, it's really amazing to, to see women evolve in this arena that has, for the history of time, been so dominated by men. Yeah. And see them actually get shots at it. And, you know, they, exactly. there's always been women wrestling, but it's always been the undercard or something lesser yeah. than. Yeah. Yep. And also, I mean, you could go back, look at like Mildred Burke or Fabulous Moolah or whoever you want and, and look at, you know, Mae Young and look at the kind of wrestling that they were doing. And, you know, you could say that very similar things about the men back in the day is a very different style of wrestling. Yeah. But to see the kind of crap that women are pulling off these days, the kind of moves, the kind of psychology. I feel like in a lot of ways, the women, uh, women's wrestling has evolved so much more than men's wrestling. Agreed. In such a short amount of time. Yes. And that's why it's so exciting to 
to watch and to be in this era and to be a part of it. It's incredible. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I would be even more happy about it if you hadn't just stolen my moment of positivity. Oh, I was we totally, can share it. To, okay, well, we'll share it. But I'll I'm also, share my lunchbox with I gotta, you. Oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate this. As long as it doesn't have a half-eaten apple in it, I'm totally game. I make no promises. Totally game. Okay. Well, uh, my moment of positivity wa- was that, but uh, yeah, I've got to think about someone else, something else now. Um, I want to be. I, I want to say it was Rusev showing up or Miro showing up in AEW. Like it's happy Miro to see. I'm happy day. to see him. Miro um, day. But I. I want to say like I was even more excited. I'm just gonna go for for the other NXT match. Finn Balor versus Adam Cole Ooh, was such yes. a such an absolute clinic. Such an awesome match. Um, I've got to say that that was it was I was just my jaw was on the floor. I went back and watched the match again immediately after finishing it, which is how I know I've watched a good match. Um, so I've got I've got to throw that one out there. NXT knocked it out of the park this week with two totally absolutely agree. baller matches, um, and not like AEW was was bad and SmackDown was eh, SmackDown was just kind of there this week. It wasn't really bad, but it wasn't great either. Um, but NXT was just what just crushed it, absolutely crushed it with those two big matches. Crush, just yes, Miro crush. NXT crushed, however, uh, I'd BWO say just as much. Crushed. BWO crushed. What up, mic drop? Uh, <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> uh, I think that is our show. So we're going to see you all, guys. Everyone, we'll see you back here on Tuesday. We'll be back live on twitch.tv forward slash busted wide open. We'll be back uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern over there. Again, don't forget to check us out on Facebook in our discussion group, which can lead you to our Discord group where we have all kinds of fun discussions going on. Uh, all of our patrons, you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We will be doing our mailbag episode after our show on Tuesday, so get your questions in for that. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we are at BWO Podcast. And of course, you can watch this show on YouTube as well as Twitch at youtube.com forward slash busted wide open. Uh, Miss JB, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you on here. It's always thank lovely to hear your, your dulcet tones coming through <laughs> these headphone cans I've got Aww. on my head. So I appreciate it I'm very honored. much. But I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. And I'm Judith Brooke, and you can find me on Instagram at Judith Brooke. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn bat? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.